Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host, from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story this week is the brand new Tag Team Restrictions. These are currently listed on supershowthegame.com under the rules section under Tag Team Restrictions. This at one time was being called T20. It's way more than 20 items on this list, so they thought about calling it T50. It could get bigger. But the following competitors and entrance cards are on this restricted list. In official SRG Universe Tag Team Events, a tag team may have only one of these cards, either competitor card or entrance card, on their team. These aren't booked, but they're restricted to one per team. Let me read off who is on this list. For competitors, we have Andreas Fiesta, Backpack Man, Big Bad Bobby D, Cactus Sack, both versions of Cactus Sack, Caveman, Charlie Tiger, Colt Cabana. From what I understand, this is also both versions, both Colt Cabana and Chicago's own Colt Cabana. Combat Chris, Cyclone, both versions of Cyclone. Down River Drew, Duff Martin, Fotista, Fortress, The Mark Jeff Bravo, Grim Librarian, Jay White, Johnny Eldorado, Johnny Korea, Kenta, King Greatness, Liger, Mac Attack, Macho Manny, Mallory the Destroyer, The Villain Marty Skrull, The Master Chef LMP, Mr. Snap, both versions of Mr. Snap, Ms. Southern Bell, Night Terror, Officer Breezes, Oracle, Peter Lionheart, The Phantasm, The Player of the Era, Primalata, Prince of GTS, RVD, Rob Van Dam, Revan to Goodbrains, Ricky Riot, Scott Prime, Silent J, Terror Skull, Tetsuya Naito, The Big Shot, Robert the Brain Dunn, The Duke, The Goat Brock Smith, The Man from IT, The Ultimate Fighter, Trent, Zombie, and Zonda. Those are the competitors. The two entrances are Fate is on your side and Rolling in with the Ring General. Again, tag teams are restricted to only one of these per team. For example, if your team decides you're going to have the Big Shot on the team, you couldn't pair the Big Shot with Macho Manny. You couldn't pair them with Rolling in with the Ring General. Your partner could not use Fate is on your side or Johnny Korea. You can only have one of the competitors or entrances per team. And I'm just going to emphasize again because I know this was a question when this was first announced. The entrances are included on the restriction. It's not that there are restricted competitors and you can only use one of the list and restricted entrances so you can use one of the list. It's that all of it's restricted. You can only use one, period. You couldn't use a restricted competitor and a restricted entrance, 
and then the other entrance and other competitor are fine. No. If you use a restricted entrance, you can't use anything else on the restricted list. If you use a restricted competitor, you can't use anything else on the restricted list. Looking at the list of what's restricted, it's pretty clear to me that what a lot of this was about, what a lot of these competitors on the list were doing, was they were trying to, in some way, work around with manipulate exploits the double team rule. What's the double team rule? The double team rule exists in tag team format. It also exists in triads. Here we're just concerned with tag team only. Reading off the rule section from supershowthegame.com, double team. If two team members roll the same skill for a turn roll, they can choose to high five, fist bump, or two sweet in order to combine their turn roll and attack any opposing player or players in the order of their choosing. Meaning, for example, if I'm tagged up with Steve Resk, if Steve Resk and I are partners, we both roll grapple. My printer grapples a six. His is a nine. I add plus one to my turn roll, so my turn roll is seven. We two sweet. We now are considered to have a turn roll of 16. If that's higher than what our opponents rolled, we win the turn roll. And then he and I can play a card. We choose who plays first. And we don't have to play against the same person. He can play against one of the opponents. I can play against the other. A lot of these people on the restricted list have gimmicks that trigger when their opponent's role is higher than their own. That happens more often when double team is used. Some of these competitors have gimmicks that trigger when they use double team more often than they would normally. Some of these competitors are reroll characters. They can reroll their own turn roll which increases not just the odds of rolling higher on the second roll, but potentially being able to use double team on the reroll. Some of these competitors can make the opponents reroll, which can essentially break up a double team from the opponent. That's what I'm seeing looking at most of these, that what a lot of this was about was manipulating the odds of being able to double team or preventing your opponents from double teaming or taking advantage of a gimmick triggering more often when double team is used either by yourself or by the opponent. Some of the people on here copy gimmicks like Caveman and Mallory the Destroyer, which makes sense. If you play someone who can copy a gimmick, this would allow you to copy a restricted competitor's gimmick on the opponent's team, so you would effectively be using two restricted competitors. So that makes sense why they're on this list. Some people on this list, I'm not 100% sure why they're on the list. Looking at the Oracle, for example, the Oracle is good. I don't know what she does in terms of tag team that she does better than she would in a single. I could just be missing that, though. There may be something I'm missing. Same thing with Night Terror. Night Terror is still good. Maybe that's why. Maybe because they're so good. They don't want them being paired with another competitor that's really good in tag. That could be it, too. There are some notable omissions from this list. I don't see Snake Pit. Snake Pit makes a lot of these lists for being booked. He didn't make the restricted list here. 
I don't see a devil's advocate on this list. He makes a lot of restricted lists, a lot of ban lists, book lists. Again, I'm just pointing that out, not making a judgment either way. The list is currently posted on supershowthegame.com. Again, under rules, under tag team restrictions. It should be in effect for the next big tag team event at Origins. So if you're going to play in the Origins Tag Team Tournament, consult this list to see who you can and can't use. There's also an interesting question revolving around the LFF Tag Team Championship. The current tag team champions, their team consists of two competitors on this list. The next challengers for the championship also have a team that includes two competitors on this list. Everett Stevens, who is currently managing the division for the LFF, stated when this list was revealed on the last episode of Talk of the Universe that when the next championship match concludes, no matter who is the winner, there will be some sort of change made depending on who wins. He'll have to reach out to the current champion at that point, and they'll have to make some decision about the makeup of their team going forward. That is the news about the new tag team restrictions. Keep these in mind when the next big tag team event comes up in just a few weeks at Origins Game Fair. Speaking of upcoming events, the Saturday before Origins Game Fair, which is happening June 21st through 25th, the Saturday before June 17th, will be the Custodial Clean Sweep Championship. Sign-ups available on supershowthegame.com, under shop, under online events. No charge to get in. Winner will receive a Champion of Kickstarter entrance card. Runner-up will receive an old-school pack. It's scheduled to start at 7 p.m. It's a 32-player event. They have announced the stipulations for Top Cut and the booked list. The stipulations for top cut are in the quarterfinals, the top eight tables matches, in the semifinals, the top four steel cage matches, and the finals match will be a main event match. One caveat on the prize, if you already have a Champion of Kickstarter card, you must pay the Champion of Kickstarter forward if you win it. Now, the booked list. I was going to or rather, I was considering reading off the booked list. It's a huge booked list. I believe what they said on Talk of the Universe was that there were around 90 competitors on this list. I think rather than reading off all 90, I'm just going to say if you look at the last episode of Talk of the Universe on twitch.tv slash srguniverse, the May 31st episode of the show, I'm looking right now at the video, 1 hour, 10 minutes, 49 seconds. I have it paused there. You can see the whole list. It's a lot of competitors. Some you're very well familiar with. People like Snake Pit, All Versions, El Super Ombre, Big Bad Bobby D, Aerial Lipstick, Trent, Gold Standard, both versions of EC3, Devil's Advocate, Amazing Red, a lot of the top competitors, and also some competitors that are kind of a surprise. 
Swim Files, Krampus, King Cold, Kid Thunder. Some competitors on here are definitely a surprise. So if you're interested in signing up for this event, I suggest looking for this list, finding it, seeing who your options are, and then make your choice accordingly. That's it, though, for the Custodian, the Mad Custodians event. Those are the big stories from this week. Let me go through some of the other stories, updates, and then we'll get into the recent featured matches and tournaments from the week. I'll start with the 2023 Create a Competitor competition. Last week, we had the voting in match number five. Private Cuddles versus the Survivalist versus the Trickster. I did find out that the Survivalist was created by Chris Bridges. I don't have the results of match number five. I was hoping we would get them on last week's episode of Talk of the Universe. I watched it twice, didn't see it. I've reached out to Brian Schmidt. I reached out to Pat Mulligan. Hopefully, I will get the response back from them with the winner. And I will tack that on to the end of the show if I get it before the show is published. Otherwise, I'll try to give it to you on next week's show. Right now, though, the result of match number five has not been posted anywhere. We do know who is in the final match. The final match is going to be Captain Kiddo who is the son of the Dread Pirate tech support, versus Math Guy, created by Brandon Kong, versus Rocky Romano, who I don't know anything about. I believe Pat Mulligan has posted the descriptions on the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook, so if you want more information about them, check that out. But their match scheduled to go live on June 7th. June 7th, 10 p.m. Eastern, run 72 hours, close Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be June 10th. You can vote once an hour, every hour, for who you want to see. Go on to round two and join the Foreman, Matty Bar One, Rowdy Ron, Moxie, the winner of Match 5, and JAC. That's what I have for you on the CCC. Faction Wars update. Last week, the higher class was up four points to two points. Impact has tied it. It's now four points apiece. Two wins for the higher class. Two wins for Impact. This win came in the Tech 10 versus Tech 10 matchup. Impact wins that to even it up. It's all square at this point in the finals of Faction Wars 4. The LFF Trios Championship. The general manager for the LFF Trios division has announced two future contenders for the championship. The first, coming out of ACCW in Georgia, everyone's enemy, Joel Williams. We don't know when he will get his shot at the Trios belt, but he will get a shot. The other contender who will be the next contender for current champion Simple Chuck, the newest member of Crime Wave, Swaggy D. Swaggy D gets the next shot 
to be the LFF Trios champion? Will he be able to defeat Simple Chuck to do it? Or will Simple Chuck overcome? We'll have to find out when that match goes down. Let's talk about some featured matches from this past week. In no particular order. First, we have the finals for the United States Contender Tournament. The winner of the tournament will be the next contender for the United States Championship. This match was supposed to happen about a week ago. It was delayed. As a result of the delay, they changed the stipulation. The stipulation went from being, I believe, Steel Cage, just going from memory, to Ring of Fire. Big Match Pete, playing as Johnny T, faced Colin the Chrononaut, playing as Steel Wool. In the Ring of Fire match, from what I understand, it was a very short match. Only about seven turns. At Crowd Meter Zero, the winner, who will get a future shot at the LFF US title, Big Match Pete. Congratulations to Big Match Pete for winning the tournament. Next featured match, the finals of the Rising Star 3 tournament. The two finalists were the TVA commissioner and now part of the Constellation faction, Drew Madsen, playing as Amazing Red, taking on the Phil Birch of the Big Picture, playing as the Ikuzo version of Fox Assassin. This was a main event stipulation match with a special guest referee of the Pulverizer. Each player in the match could use the Pulverizer's gimmick one time in the match. This match goes all the way to crowd meter four. And at crowd meter four, with a finish roll of an eight, the winner, the TVA commissioner, Drew Madsen. Congratulations to him for securing the victory in the Rising Star 3 tournament and kicking off the history of the Constellation faction with a big win. That was Rising Star 3. Wednesday, we had the Online League Singles Finals. Again, I normally don't report on this, but it was after Talk of the Universe, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. This was a main event stipulation match. It featured Press1P playing as his creation, the player of the era, versus Ed Ortiz playing as the wreck. The match goes to CrowdMeter1, the winner at CrowdMeter1, winning the Online League for this season. Press 1P. Congratulations to him for his victory. This brings us to the online tournaments from this past week. Only two that I'm aware of. We have Monday night, the Monday night consigliere fights run by Brian Waitfort Schmidt. There are 15 players Monday night, three groups, five players per group, top two per group advance to the top cut. So we have a top six. Looking at the report on Challenge, it looks like two players got a buy into the top four. The remaining four are broken up into two singles matches with Big Match Pete as the special guest referee. Then when we get to the semifinal round, it's also a special guest referee match. Alexander Slamilton, the special guest referee. And then in the finals match and the third place match, the stipulation is each player gets to use the effect that the LFF United States Championship belt grants you as champion. Top four in Monday night's tournament were in fourth place playing as Mike Verna, 
Paul Trejo. In third place, playing as Cruel, the judge Tim Riley. The finalists were Brian Waitfort Schmidt as Sammy the Draw Callahan and Chris Pate as Big Bad Bobby D. With the winner, Chris Pate as Big Bad Bobby D. Congratulations to Chris Pate for winning Monday night. Thursday night, not run by Chibi this week. Chibi's off. Instead, the SRG BOSS Steve Resk runs the tournament. 27 players in this Thursday night's tournament, broken up into seven groups. Six groups of four, one group of three. Top two records per group advance into the top cut. So 14 players make the top cut. Two players get a bye into the top eight. The remaining 12 face off in singles matches to go from 12 to 6. All of the matches in that round have a special guest referee of Johan Sibelius. When we get to the quarterfinals, every match in the quarterfinals is a kendo stick match where each player is playing as if they have a kendo stick card in play. In the semifinal round, there are steel chair matches, each player treating it as if they have a steel chair card in play, and the finals match is a ring step match with each player treating it as if they have a ring step card in play. The top four were your two semifinalists, HR of the Unionverse playing as Danhausen and Ricky Riot playing as Ricky Riot. Your finalists were Alec Ventresca playing as Quadruple H and the Cheetah playing as Ra Ra Perry with your winner, the Cheetah playing as Ra Ra Perry. This brings us to Sunday night fights. But before I get to Sunday night fights, I have some updates, some news that came in while I was recording earlier. First, I did get a response on who won match number five in the first round of the CCC. The Trickster won. Kind of a surprise, the Trickster is the one I know the least about. So I would not have guessed it was the Trickster, but the Trickster wins. He joins the Foreman, Matty Bar 1, Rowdy Ron, and Moxie, as well as JAC, in round two of the CCC. Again, starting next week. And I've been saying 10 Eastern. It looks like they've moved that later. It's going to go 11 to 11 instead of 10 to 10. But match number six starts next Wednesday, June 7th, 11 p.m. Eastern. Math Guy versus Rocky Romano versus Captain Kidder. Next, I did get one locals report. Misos is doing their old school um, series. They're in week four of that. They did a seven-player round-robin tournament. The top three were in third place, playing as the old school version of El Blanco Diablo. Austin, and I believe it's either Wan or Juan. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. But the other Austin. In second place, playing as the old-school version of Hollywood. When I say old-school, I mean from the old-school packs. John Maness, and then the winner, the phenomenal one, Kirk Polka, as Cyclone. Again, the newest Cyclone. We have a couple match announcements. Tuesday, the 6th of June, after Dojo, the Deep South Championship will be on the line. The challenger, Drew Madsen, the champion, Prince Butters. On the 18th of June, 
Sunday Night Fights, there will be a triple threat or triad match. Piglet versus the Meeple Craig Brett versus Le Penguin. Cheetah Cup 2 update. Cheetah Cup 2 is still in the opening stages, the group stages, where all the players who have competitors in Super Show the Game are facing off. We've had some winners announced. We know that Mark Perry is going on to the next round. I believe Candyman Dan is going on to the next round. I have a correction on what happens to the second place players. I was under the impression that for those who made second place in their pod, they would be put into a grand battle match, and the winner of the match would join the other winners in the next phase of Cheetah Cup 2. The second place players are going to be put into a WWE 2K video game Royal Rumble simulation and the winner of the simulation will go on to the next portion of Cheetah Cup 2. This brings us to Sunday Night Fights. The opening match of Sunday Night Fights is for the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship. The challengers are Team TBD. Lucky Cat Nico playing as Ariel Lipstick and Brian Waitfort Schmidt playing as Sammy the Draw Callahan. The champions are Cold Candy Crush, Candyman Dan playing as Fortress, and Le Penguin playing as the Witch's Apprentice. This match went well over an hour, played under New York rules, so no disqualifications, and starting at crowd meter one. It goes all the way to crowd meter four, with the winners at crowd meter four still champions. Cold Candy Crush. The next contenders for Cold Candy Crush will be the tag team of Boom Bada and Fireball. No date and time yet on that match, but those are the next contenders for the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship. This brings us to the main event of Sunday Night Fights, the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. The Grump Danny Thunder in what I believe is his first defense is supposed to face a mystery opponent. The mystery opponent is originally announced as Press1P. Press1P is not there. He is counted out. Then, the man who set this match, the interim general manager, Brad Iyer, reveals that the true mystery opponent is his under-the-bridge tag team partner, James Booker. They had been pretending to be on the outs. That was all a lie. James Booker, playing as Booker Mania, faces the Grump in a buddy-building match. Booker Mania's gimmick cancels out Funtime Bob's gimmick. That's who the Grump is champion with. Booker Mania, James Booker has the advantage there. Buddy-building stipulation makes the LFF World Heavyweight Championship title not matter. It takes away the effect of the belt. So the Grump loses that. And... James Booker knew going in what the stipulation was, so he constructed his deck to give him a huge advantage. And the match goes on. Very quickly, Booker Mania is running away with it. For those of you who aren't familiar with the bodybuilding stipulation, finishes do not trigger finish rolls. The skill boosts are not applied. In fact, you cannot get boosts to your skills in a bodybuilding match. You win when you have all three of your finishes in play. Booker Mania gets 
his strike in grapple finish and play. Before he can hit a sub, the SRG BOSS steps in. The match is paused. The SRG boss attempts to use a veto that John Clace, the general manager, gave him before he went on vacation. After the match comes back, the following offer is made. If the Grump agrees to join the crime wave for two years, the championship match would restart as a standard singles match. The Grump declines, the match continues, and the winner at Crowd Meter Zero is James Booker. He hits that third finish. He is the new LFF World Heavyweight Champion. This match is extremely controversial because it was extremely lopsided. Everything went in favor of James Booker. He had the knowledge. He was able to choose the perfect opponent, an opponent that negated two of the stops that Funtime Bob likely would have run at 13 and 14. He's able to pick the competitor that takes away the gimmick. The stipulation takes away the belt advantage. The match is very controversial because on the one hand, there are people who say, look, wrestling is a work. It's fake. And so booking like this to give an advantage to one opponent over the other is perfectly acceptable and people should just get over it. On the other hand, this is a card game that is a hobby that is supposed to be fun. Booking as a championship match, a match that is clearly designed to be heavily in favor of one player over the other, clearly can't be fun for the player who's being taken advantage of. Second, how much do we want to normalize rigging matches? If it's acceptable to rig a championship match, is it acceptable to rig a finals match for a create a competitor tournament? It's wrestling. It's a work. If you sit down to a, play a CAC tournament, you make the finals, the tournament organizer decides, hey, I like one finalist over the other. I'm going to book the match to give the finalist I like an advantage over the finalist I don't like. Is that okay? You know, when is fixing a match okay? I think it's a bad idea to fix matches. The only way it's acceptable is if both people know going in and are okay with it. But then again, in general, do you want to present the game in this way? Do you want to present to the public that, hey, Super Show the Game is a game where you may get into a tournament or you may get a shot at a championship and win. And then when you get the shot to get the finals or get a shot at a belt or be defending a belt, they may decide to rig the tournament at the last minute to make you lose. Is that appropriate for a card game that's supposed to be fun? We just had a big discussion about dice towers being cheating, dice cups being cheating. Is rigging matches to help one person win over another cheating? Especially in this particular case, where it's clear Brad Iyer and James Booker are friends. Brad Iyer openly rigged the match to help James Booker win. Is that okay? Is that type of cheating, so to speak, okay? It's a question Super Show the Game needs to answer. I don't like it. Because, honestly, I don't believe that 
the grump was in on this. Maybe he was. Maybe the grump knew all this going in, was perfectly fine with losing his championship in this way. Maybe this was all worked out and we're all being tricked. But maybe it wasn't. The question isn't whether or not this is good in this case. The question to me, is this the precedent we want to set in Super Show the Game? Is this the way we want people to look at how Super Show the Game is run? Remember, this is the LFF World Heavyweight Championship, the top prize in Super Show. These matches are supposed to be showcasing the best of Super Show. If the best of Super Show is people trying to fix matches so people they like win over people they don't like, is that a great game to present to potential people who want to play? Is this how Super Show the game wants to represent itself? Because it is how Super Show is representing itself. From what I've seen from a lot of the people in charge, it is. I didn't see the general manager, John Clay, subject. I've seen a lot of praise from the chief operating officer, Griff Briggs. He's been very publicly vocal that this is what he wants to see in Super Show the game. Presenting fixed matches, rigged matches, designed to favor one opponent over the other, is how he wants this game to be perceived by the public. Now, I know he's just playing a role. He's Leo the Law. He's corporate law. He's a heel. John Calais is a heel. Steve's in the crime wave, so sometimes he's a good guy. Sometimes he's a bad guy. It goes back and forth. This is why I don't think authority figures should be heels. Because how do you know when they're not being heels? If I make an order at supershowthegame.com and I don't get it, did they mess up? Or did Steve Resk, who's in the crime wave, steal my order? Because he's in the crime wave and theft is crime. I don't believe he's stealing my order, but if that's how you want to present yourself in the game, you should be prepared for people to think that way. Again, you didn't have to make your faction call the crime wave. You did that. You have to accept everything that comes with it. So, I understand the controversy. I don't like it. Again, Super Show should be, like any other card game, about fun. What's fun about playing in a lopsided match designed to see you fail. Designed to see you lose. I don't think that represents the best of Super Show. I don't think that's what should be promoted on official Super Show channels as this is how we run our championships. But that's the outcome. James Booker is the new LFF World Heavyweight Champion. Hopefully his reign is better than what we saw tonight on Sunday Night Fights. As a result of this, and we had some announcements from General Manager John Clays after this match. As a result, because James Booker is now the LFF World Heavyweight Champion, he can't book Origins. Apparently, you can't be both the GM and champion, so he loses that right to book Origins. Now, is that temporary? Will he get it back? I don't know. But as of right now, he can't book Origins anymore. He won the right to book Origins, beating Clays in a match at Grand Gathering 3. We've had another general manager change. 
Jeffrey Fox, who had been the general manager of the Underworld Division, has resigned. He stepped down. Thank you for your service. He did a good job while he was running the division. His replacement has been named. Bob Dunn is being offered the position. I believe Bob Dunn has a few days to accept, but I would love to see Bob Dunn running it. He's, from well, my interactions with him, a good guy, a good player. I think he would do a good job running the Underworld Division. The last announcement from the general manager, the 2023 Super Show Cup. Starting after Origins Game Fair, June 26th, there will be a 64-player single elimination tournament. Each round will be a best of three. The first two matches will be standard singles matches. The third, if necessary, will have a stipulation. Let me give you the stipulations and let me give you the dates. It was a $5 entry fee. All 64 spots, as I'm recording this, have sold out. They sold out pretty much within a half hour to an hour of the announcement being made. So tournament is already booked up. Players have until June 25th to submit their deck lists. They can't change their deck through the entire tournament. There won't be diversity, but expect, if you choose to be the same competitor as somebody else, expect mere matches early. The first round, the round of 64, the stipulation for match three, if necessary, is New York rules. Players have until July 2nd to play those matches. Next round, the round of 32, the third match stipulation will be steel chain. Players have until July 9th. The third round, the round of 16, third match stipulation of necessary, Liker's Den, must be played by July 16th. Fourth round, that's the quarterfinal round. Third round stipulation of necessary, Steel Cage, due July 23rd. Semifinal round, ladder stipulation, if necessary, in match three, must be played by July 30th. And then the finals of the 2023 Super Show Cup Tournament will be streamed at Gen Con. So the finals will take place at Gen Con. Hopefully both people in the tournament are there, but the finals will take place at Gen Con. Stipulation to be determined. To submit your deck list, email it to John Clace at SRG Universe. The subject should be Super Show Cup Deck List. There are no sign-up promos. There will be prizes to the top four. The winner of the tournament will receive a trophy for the 2023 Super Show Cup and a shot at an LFF championship to be determined by the general manager, John Clays. That is what I have for you on the Super Show Cup, and that is what I have for you for the news from this week. As far as tournaments for next week, Nothing has been announced. Look for something Monday night. Look for something Thursday night. Dojo is always Tuesday night. Twitch.tv slash SRG Universe. With that being said, I would like to thank all of you for listening. And a good day.